I'm chatting with Evan Robbins, listed property portfolio manager, Old Mutual Investment Group. Evan, appreciate the time today. Barring the last quarter, properties had a fairly tough time, a bad run. Some people will categorize it as permanent losses. Some argue it started pre-COVID. Certainly, we saw the indices peaking late 2019, 2018. Have we seen the bottom of the sector? And what kind of rebound could we expect going forward? I think in terms of the fundamentals, we are getting to the bottom. Things are stabilizing. Property was a net loser with COVID. So the other sectors where earnings are well above COVID levels, property is not there at all, and rents have reduced materially, which means the rental levels are below pre-COVID levels. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the share price and everything is below pre-COVID. Um, it's sort of rebased there. What has happened is things are now stabilized and they're rebased, which means rental levels are now at sort of a new lower base level on which things can grow. Up till now, things have been falling, falling, falling. Now we're getting to the stage where things have equalized and we can start seeing some growth off the space um, in the next year or so. I take a point in that because rent reversions that we've been seeing coming through, that number has been getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And at some point, it stops going down. And that's really, I suppose, going to be that bottom. And, and then the opportunity for maybe even sub-inflation, but some increases coming through. Exactly. Remember, there are versions of leases that were signed some years ago. So as they expire, they reset to the new rental level, which is lower. So there's always going to be some negative reversions leases. The longer back they were signed, the more the reversions. But after a while, almost most of your leases in the company are leases that were signed at a much lower level. And that's where the base sets and where you can start seeing growth. Certainly as a, a sector that's had a lot of headwinds, they certainly seem to be reducing. We've just mentioned the leases and the rentals there. Are there others that are looking to reduce that could give some tailwinds rather than be headwinds? I think another factor which is going to turn into a tailwind is interest rates. That was the reason why we're actually not seeing some of these improvements already there mm-hmm. um, to some extent. But we're not seeing them in the numbers because interest rate rise has just you know totally um taken over that and, and drowned it out. With rates likely to reduce this year, that's going to become a bit of a, a tailwind. And another one is load shedding. Load shedding, also muted numbers or the extra costs. I would argue those are in the base and companies are charging, property companies are charging for them better as well. They're recovering more of that. So there's also something that's in the base now. It attracted, now it's there, it's happened. It's unlikely to attract further and issue for worse load shedding, which isn't an, an outlook we expect. I take your point. And, and not that load shedding is going to disappear, just that the landlord are better positioned for it. They've got their generators or their, their renewable on the roof, whatever the case may be. And some reasons for investors to st- continue to stick out with the asset class. I mean, what makes it an attractive asset class? One, of course, is distributions, which, you know, if we look at them as a percentage, are very attractive. Distributions are attractive. They're not as attractive as it appears because bond yields are so high. Mm-hmm. The government's sort of crowding out property. But still, it's not expensive. And you're talking about a sector that's investors shied away for and it's been like unloved because fundamentals was deteriorating and deteriorating. Now you've got a sector that hopefully we can start seeing some growth from it. It comes to a stable sector with stable performance, giving a dividend, earnings qualities are much higher. Not talking about any fantastic performance in the lifestyle. I mean, you need mm-hmm. economic growth for that. You need interest rates coming down a lot. Um, doing what probably you're supposed to do. Uh, be a sort of expect boring yield providing diversify in the portfolio which should be a bit more defensive which it hasn't been more defensive as i mentioned it did worse in COVID and other sectors which you wouldn't have thought you know probably should be more defensive but the nature of what happened during COVID um yeah. didn't play out in that way
We've also seen, I mean, it's the one thing, again, looking at the results that have been coming through over the years, listed companies been getting rid of some of their non-core assets and learned to values, certainly improving markedly over the last couple of years. Yes, I mean, during COVID, companies went into emergency mode to try and get their balance sheet in shape. They did what they could do. Selling was difficult. So those the values are not at very extreme levels. Personally, the valuation yields that in the market and things trade there just seem quite expensive to me, you know, compared to where bond yields are and what you can mm-hmm. buy listed property for. So I think those assets on those property balance sheets, I would think, are worth less just if you look at the whole market. In the property market, they're worth what they're worth. Um, but that's in the share price. I mean, share these, the property shares are trading well below the NAV, so they're not valued at what those valuations are. They valued at deep discounts to those, and that's been the case for some time, even though, as you mentioned, those values have stabilized. The actual physical values that the companies are producing, the valuations, have stopped falling. Yeah, I get you. And it's a case of the market is perhaps taking a bit of view in those valuations, but it's been reflected in, in the price, which, which removes any risk there. What would be, I mean, if you could wave a, a magic wand, what would be those ideal economic conditions for this sector to, to really, really shine again? We need economic growth. I mean, property at the end of the day is demand and supply. Mm-hmm. So you need more demand, which is in the shopping centers, which is jobs for offices, even though offices are a small part of the sector. Um, you need that. We still have got certain offices, high vacancies, retail. We don't have such high vacancies. There's a bit of vacancy factor. The moment vacancies, there's enough demand mm-hmm. and vacancies start going to a certain level, there's now price pressure because the landlord is now price set because there's someone else who wants the space. And that sets the pricing friction, and that's when rents grow. So we need the pricing friction. We're far from there, but eventually if we have some growth, we get there because not much is being built. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's very expensive to build. So you look at what the implied valuation of properties in a list of property companies and what it will cost to rebuild in, it's a fraction of that value. You can't build something and rent it and get a return because building costs are so high versus what they valued within the list of property companies. So again, to reduce those vacancies, to increase supply, if we ever get enough demand, it's going to be very expensive. So rents are going to have to go up. But for that, you need the demand and you need economic growth. Yeah. And the second factor is interest rates. If the government gets the act together, interest rates go, bond yields come down, then investors will pay more for property because they can. the government bonds are providing is, is so much less. So there's less competition for yields, you can say. Yeah, got you. And, and the interest rates coming down, that is everyone's expectation for this year. The debate is, you know, when do they start and how much cuts will we get from the MPC? Let's park that aside. I mean, the economic growth not coming through. When could we hope slash expect sort of a recovery to those pre-COVID levels? I mean, is this going to take some time? Notwithstanding, we could get uplift in the sector without necessarily getting back to those pre-pandemic levels. Those pre-pandemic levels were too high, even pre-COVID. So it's easy to blame COVID, but if you looked at the sector, gave a hard look, even pre-COVID, those mm-hmm. rental levels were too high, certainly with shopping centres. So you think of shopping centres, a rent is basically a rent-to-sales ratio. So the landlord works out how much shops can trade, you know, how much turnover is in that shop, mm-hmm. and you sort of agree percentage of the turnover that goes into rent, very roughly. But that was going up. It got to a level that was too high for the retailer, and it just didn't make sense. So even pre-COVID, the retailers were pushing back and things were tough. Now they reset. So if you know, you're paying, I'm making up numbers, you know, 10% mm-hmm. of sales before, now you're paying 5% of sales before. That's now five. I don't see it going back to 10 unless you have a whole lot of you know major pressure and boom. So that's it. Now you can still, from that five, you can as sales grow, you can now get growth in your rental. Mm-hmm. But that rebasing, I think, is taking place. But that I don't expect it to go to pre-COVID levels, I, th- I think those were just too high unless you've got a property boom and <laughs> no one's looking at that at the moment. Offices are a different sector. I don't know where the floor is with offices. There's so much vacancy and all the office, well-known office um, problems, but there's about 10% of the listed properties 
exposure is to ESA officers. Okay. And and that's not particularly badly. So maybe that's also you know, reached the bottom. I can't say that with any I don't know where you draw the line, where you where the, the knife ends. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I take your point around that rebasing. And, and one of the things, and it's come through a couple of times in this chat, is that we have had some rebasing in the property sector, which does bode well for it. Final question, exposure to property in a balanced portfolio. I mean, it, it adds quality, it enhances not just the profile, but also, I mean, it, it's downside protection as well to a degree. And, and I appreciate some listeners are going to say, hang on, what happened in the pandemic? But, you know, with that phrase you've been using, the rebasing, it gives you some yield, it gives you some downside. It's an integral part of a diverse portfolio. Exactly. And property as an asset class is the you know, biggest asset class in the world. So not to be exposed to that asset class is leaving yourself you know, to risk that you can diversify this exposure. It's less leverage to operational leverage. It's got financial leverage. Mm-hmm. So because it's all contractual rentals, it has that effect where things are much slower to behave, does reduce risk. Uh, in the short term, and that's why it's always been a you know, integral part of all portfolios. It's just gone through a, a rough patch. It's not going back to room times, but certainly going back to the normal patch, I would argue, where it's certainly a, a core around portfolios. I think in the good times, many investors made the mistake of looking at property like bonds and saying, oh, it's like a bond, but it's giving us you know, 10 times a return. Mm. They forgot that it's not like a bond, it's risky. It's a bit more like an equity, and that's a mistake in having too much property. I think many people are caught. It's a part of diversification, but to have too much property and be too aggressive there, given that its risk is close to equities and to bonds, is a mistake. It needs to be an adequate holding in a portfolio. Absolutely, and and an important part of a portfolio. Perhaps we got caught up in the good times, and now, in some sense, we're getting caught up in in the bad times. We'll leave it there. That's Evan Robbins, Listed Property Portfolio Manager, Old Mutual Investment Group. Appreciate the insights.